the book is a, a historical piece and and it speaks uh, in that way and it will speak in the long term. This is Defender Radio. I'm Michael Howie, and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers brought to you by the fur bearers. I've got good news, better news, and bad news, folks. The good news is that yesterday, a book launch that will change minds, hearts, and lives around the world. The better news is that Joanne MacArthur, co-editor of this book, took time out of an incredibly busy schedule this morning to chat with me about it. The bad news is that, because it's 2020, the recording software I used didn't record my side of our conversation, which, for many, may be the best news of all. Let's start at the beginning. Hidden, The Animals in the Anthropocene by Joanne MacArthur and Keith Wilson, with a foreword by Joaquin Phoenix, is now available. A short synopsis from the book's media kit. Hidden is an unflinching book of photography documenting our relationship with non-human animals in the 21st century. It focuses on the invisible animals in our lives, those with whom we have a close relationship and yet fail to see. They are the animals we eat and the animals we wear. They are the animals used in research and for entertainment, as well as the animals we sacrifice in the name of tradition and religion. Hidden includes the work of a global community of photographers, 40 of the world's best animal photojournalists who work globally to investigate, document, and expose animal use. I spent a few hours flipping through my review copy, experiencing the images and reading the accompanying essays, facts, and contextual copy. My review can be broken down to two sentences. Hidden is the heart-wrenching documentation of the unnatural things we've done to this planet and its inhabitants. We can only hope that this clear story, one that shows truth without apology or hyperbole, is enough to help us change our ways. Joanne, founder of We Animals and We Animals Media, joined me for a conversation about the new book. But, as I noted, an error in my recording software kept only Joanne's part of that conversation. I spent about an hour and a half trying to reverse engineer my questions, because I just keep notes, not fully written queries, before realizing there's some ethical implications behind that which I'm not comfortable with, and it would likely just sound weird. As such, I'm presenting Joanne's answers, again, the important part, with simple subject prompts from me. I apologize to listeners and Joanne for this issue though I think Joanne's own interview skills really shine as a result. This episode is presented by AnimalStone.com. Every animal lover in your life will be ecstatic to know that you went to AnimalStone.com as part of your holiday shopping. Handmade, often from recycled materials, Animal Stone's animal-inspired jewelry showcases not only one's love of animals, but their passion, a portion of proceeds support in-field conservation work. Check out the gorgeous necklaces, bracelets, and more at AnimalStone.com. Use promo code DefenderRadio to get 10% off your order at AnimalStone.com. On the intent and inspiration behind Hidden. The intent is always to be more strategic and to reach farther. 
And the inspiration came from a, a war photography book called Inferno by James Noctway. And he documented uh, decades of genocide and civil war. And it's really an indictment of what we do to one another. And, you know, with no happy endings, just a big ass book of like, here is what we do to one another. And I thought, okay, well, animals need this. And there are a lot of of excellent photojournalists out there who can contribute to this book. And if I make this um, this a book of many contributors, that also uplifts their work. It gives them more of a platform. It gives them to be proud of, and it's a, um, a tool that they can show. On the introduction titled, Don't Turn Away. Getting people to look and not turn away certainly is a challenge. But the book is funnily not only about opening the book and looking at the horror inside, it's about creating a conversation. So, you know, we, we made an initial print run of 2000 books, but we want to get those books out very strategically. We want to get it under the noses of editors at the New York times and the guardian. Um, we want politicians looking at this chefs, uh, journalists, influencers, um, people who can uh, be motivated by the images in the book to create change. So it is a tool, it is a strategy, and uh, but absolutely getting people to look at suffering is an uphill battle, as we all know. Um, but ad- additionally, you know, we know not a lot of people are going to want to sit and just spend hours going through this, but making the book itself shows that the subject matter is worthy of a five-pound book. The book is a, a historical piece. And, and it speaks uh, in that way. And it will speak in the long term through, you know, being this compilation. On the quote, I want the aesthetics of a photo and its beauty to catch the viewer's gaze and thus serve to understand horror and injustice. Etor Garmendia. Yeah, he, he's one of the most prolific animal photojournalists right now. He does extremely strong and attentive work and he understands that one of the ways to get people to look at suffering and to not turn away is to document it in a way that is aesthetically beautiful and engaging and poignant and unusual. On photos not relying on gore or horror movie scenes to tell stories, particularly the subtleness of some photos, such as one showing muddy legs and hooves of a dairy cow with their back legs belted together. I'm so glad you pointed that one out. Um, we don't know about all the different ways that we use these animals. And we, as you pointed out, like with the dairy cows, uh, leg tethering is still a thing. And so their back legs are tethered closely together so that they can't run and so that they can only kind of hobble along. Uh, imagine that. Like we don't, we don't know about that. It doesn't, it's not a practice that happens in many countries, but it, is a practice and also tethering in general of dairy cows. So their necks are tethered by a rope or a chain, two, three, four, five feet long. And that's where they stay indoors, tethered there for years. Unbelievable. On the culture section of the book. Well, that was a lesson that I learned with my first book. Uh, when I was doing all the writing for We Animals, my editor, Martin Rowe, looked at what I'd written. He said, tone it down. You know, like you don't need to tell people how to feel. The images are strong. The images are hot. So let them do the talking and cool down the language. Uh, Show, don't tell. 
And we've certainly done that in this book. And I also have to shout out my co-editor, Keith Wilson, who is a fantastic editor of images. And we have him really to thank for the flow of the book. He and I decided the flow of the book together, but then he ran with it. And he, you know, made a lot of the selects of the final images so that a narrative would be, you know, super strong. That's that's one of his um one of his strong suits. And so, yes, in the culture section, as in with many of the other sections, you just sort of go quietly through and you see what we're doing. It's very clear. And we're not telling you, we're not telling you this is a bad practice. We're not telling you factory farms are bad. We're just saying, look for yourself and think for yourself. On images that showcase individuals as well as scope of industrialized farming. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud that the book features all of this stunning work by these photographers. So you're mentioning these images and I'm thinking, yes, that's by Jan Van Eyken and that's by Stefano Bellacci. And um, and yeah, we, we took great pains as the photographers did to photograph both scale and the individuals within that scale. And um, And so the book does zoom in and it zooms out. It zooms out with uh, drone photography of cattle ranches and fattening farms in the U.S. Midwest. And and then we zoom into a dairy cow tethered on the floor with eye contact. And then in and out again, we see an incredible burning Amazon with cattle grazing uh, amidst the smoke. It's, it's really, really unsettling. And then we zoom in again to see, well, who are those animals? Because like with other kinds of humanitarian photography, we can't really relate to the large numbers. Um, you know, we see thousands of people uh, traversing a, a territory, fleeing, you know, fleeing civil war. And that says one thing. But then when we get down to the portraits of those individuals, it hits you on a totally different level. On the selection of images. It's it's a great amount of whittling down. I mean, we started Keith and I going through thousands of images. I had been putting images aside for years, knowing I would do this book and squirreling them away into a folder on my desktop. And um, and I was identifying really strong photographers, which I brought to Keith. I brought the work to Keith. We asked the photographers to submit a bunch of work. We spent you know, hours and hours going through thousands, but a narrative is key. The flow of the book to keep people engaged from one page to the next is absolutely key. And so a lot of stunning images did hit the editing room floor because they didn't quite fit, you know, or there was duplication. We certainly had the most high number of pig images. Pigs are very easy to photograph and compelling and their eye contact and their expressions make them, you know, uh, (laughs) those make the best images, but like we only included a few pig images in the book. So yeah, it's all about narrative flow and really, really tight editing, which was painful. (laughs) Keith was, uh, Keith was more of a bulldog about that than I was. I was always very attached to images. Oh, we have to keep this. We have to keep this. The book is 320 pages with 208 images. We could have had a thousand images in the book, but we wanted to give the space, uh, you know, across two pages for as many images as we could, because we wanted people to just sink into these large images and connect in that way. On recent climate-related fires and the 2020 pandemic. It was really something to, like, this book 
is timely. As we can see, this, t this book was timely 10 years ago, but in my opinion, because the subject matter is so urgent and there's so much suffering. But um, to be creating this book, literally sitting down at the Royal Geographical Society in London, editing images with Keith, after I had just got off the plane practically from the Australian climate fires and photographing the animals and the catastrophe there, we're like, wow, you know, we started there. We're like, wow, what this is, you know, this is really interesting. We're definitely including climate fires in the book. And then the pandemic started rolling out. We're like, okay, well, let's make a section on markets and wet markets rather than just have it in included elsewhere. And we're like, yeah, no, this is worthy of that. And uh, it just it just evolved from there. Gosh, I mean, I wish we had been able to include images of the graveyard that is Denmark now with 15 million mink buried. But, you know, that's okay. Um, I'm glad that that's getting publicity. I'm glad that uh, we are all collectively removing the blinders on animal use, zoonotic diseases. We are causing all of this. Uh, and the book is timely in that it just helps push the envelope on that and reveal that to us all. On the idea that inhumane treatment and exploitation of animals only happens elsewhere, that it isn't something that occurs here in North America. Yeah, there's a lot of racism that goes into looking at animal issues. We get scared and then we get all nimby. And uh, it's just not true. Every country that I go to, every corner of the world has animal use and animal abuse. And as Canadians, we often think that bad things happen, quote unquote, over there, wherever that is. But, you know, we have an annual seal hunt. We bash, club, uh, we bash baby seals over the head with clubs. We have a rampant fishing industry. We have mega, mega mink farming. Uh, we have outdated transport laws. So, you know, all of this is happening absolutely globally, and we wanted the book to reflect that. On Joaquin Phoenix, a brilliant actor and activist, penning the foreword for the book. I've been such a fan of him for a long time, and um, I was really honored to received the reply from him and his team. Uh, the reply was astonishing. It, I, you know, it could well have been no reply or a no, but the reply said that he was a fan of my work and would be honored to do it. I was like, ah, that was just a, definitely a high point. That was a good day. And uh, yeah, so we have a little mutual admiration society going on there. And he was, you know, um, happy to contribute and I'll always be happy to contribute to uh, to his work as, as well, where he needs it. I've met him on a few occasions now and been at uh, been at protests with him and been at the save save vigils, um, been at a huge banner drop with him in London, England for, with uh, the group Animal Equality. And yeah, a lovely man, very humble and very dedicated. On Hidden's much anticipated release yesterday and what's next? To our immense surprise, we are rushing into a second print run, which we didn't think would happen until the spring or the summer. And yeah, I can't believe it. It just shows that this is a timely book and people are paying attention. So we are scrambling to get that going so that Amazon doesn't put a big, you know, out of stock stamp on, uh, on their site. And um, it it is being well-received in the right places. We want this under the noses of, again, like journalists and photo editors. Uh, Eric Hilaire, who is the uh, one of the photo editors at The Guardian, 
wrote to Keith and I last night and congratulated us and said that this was a milestone in photojournalism. And that's exactly the kind of feedback we want. To get your copy of Hidden, visit weanimalmedia.org's shop or find it on Amazon. Links to both are provided in this week's show notes. I want to thank Joanne, her entire We Animals team, and the photographers and people behind Hidden. It is a book that will truly serve the animals by showing truths and beginning conversations that all lead to the same place. Empathy, compassion, and change. Thank you. Again, I apologize for the strange technical issue this week, but hope you'll hit that subscribe button because I have interviews with the North Shore Black Bear Society queued up and many others in the works. Hit the subscribe button wherever you listen for new episodes and remember to follow The Fur Bears on social media at Fur Bears on Instagram and Twitter and The Fur Bearers on Facebook. Until next time, I'm Michael Howie for Defender Radio and The Fur Bears reminding you to be kind and to stay informed and stay strong. Mm-hmm.